say just a toy story or a four in a box. These are the stories of action, toy glory, and work clocking. SH figure arts, black series are hot toys. And figures with transformation sequences that make noise. Check out the joints and the many points of articulation. We're celebrating the global collector nation. Sit back, relax, and get ready to rock this. Here's the real chow. Welcome, Welcome to Self Conscious. I am Keith Chow. I am joined by an amazing guest. You know her from her hosting stints. But in a few weeks, she's going to be playing Andra on Master of the Universe Revelation on Netflix. She is the Smith Lord herself on the Nerds of Color. Please welcome Tiffany Smith. Yay! I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I get so giddy when other people say Smith Lord. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was that a nickname itself? proclaimed nickname or did someone give that to you um so i was on a podcast for a while christian harloff and i did a podcast that was star wars and then obviously we all ended up coming over and doing jedi council and ended up like we all had named star wars names and mine has always been smith lord because i'm like even though in real life i don't really think i would be a sith in my (laughs) fantasy life i'm definitely a sith so it just kind of stuck. So do you and Kevin have to ever fight out whoever gets to be like the real Smith Lord or is he, he's fine with it? He's like, <laughs> we constantly make jokes that are like, oh, it's my other favorite Smith. Oh, it's the only other Smith I really like. Or like, it's the other Smith and we're not related. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. No, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I've been following your career. You know, you're so, I see in your background, you're so associated with, in my mind at least, with DC Comics, you know, for your stint on DC All Access and DC Daily and everything. And I see the Justice League right behind you. Is it weird kind of like because you're so associated with DC to like dip your toe in these other fandoms? No, because I I started, I've always been a fan. So I always used to joke when I first started reading comic books, I did a YouTube show for a while called Stacked and I reviewed comics from every house because for me, it was always, if it's a good story and it's got good characters, then I'm on board for it. And I actually did start, I started hosting for G4 for a while And Marvel actually brought me on to host premieres for them for a bit. And then I ended up going over to the DC show. So I have friends at all of the places. Um, (laughs) So it doesn't really feel like it's only one or the other. Obviously, I really have spent a lot of time within the DC space from doing DC All Access and DC Daily. But I've never stopped enjoying, you know, the Marvel stuff and any of the other independent stuff we're starting to see even more of now. So I think that I like to say that I practice like geek diplomacy that like <laughs> i can like all of it <laughs> exactly you know i i feel like sometimes the whole you know dc versus marvel the coke versus the pepsi of all is is kind of like overhyped a lot of times it's like you can love all of it and that's that's what we promote here at the nerds although we've been accused of both like marvel shilling and dc shillings like i guess that's a good thing if everyone thinks you're shilling for the other guy right <laughs> i mean in my mind it's like a rising tide raises all the ships so if marvel's doing great stuff then it pushes DC to do different stuff. If DC is doing great over here, then it pushes Marvel and it pushes everybody else too, where it's like, you know, like I said, getting like more indie stuff where it's not necessarily from some of the big publishing houses or, um, you know, just stuff's growing more in all the different avenues. It doesn't necessarily have to just be those two. You know, you mentioned your hosting gig on G4 and, and you know, you've been in the geek space for a long time now and it's, it's kind of wild to think about where we are in July of 2021 in terms of like, geekdom and and the nerdosphere you know we've been covering this industry since 2013 and the strides we've made in representation as fans of color has come like leaps and bounds right because i think when you started off in the industry when we started covering it i mean one of the reasons we started the nerds of color was because like there weren't a lot of spaces for like fans like us to kind of like you know we can love it but also criticize it because we love it so much right and say like 
It'd be nice if there was um, brown faces in this cartoon or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's come a long way since, like, when you definitely when you started in in kind of the hosting world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like it's always been something I grew up noticing. You know, I used to watch cartoons when I was little. My sister and I would do the "I'm her" or "I'm him" or whatever it is at the beginning of the show, and it was rare that there was ever a character that I actually looked like. So when my dad would travel for work and stuff, if he went anywhere that they had action figures or dolls that were brown skin, he would always bring them home for us and be like, here's a doll, here's a figure, you know. And he was the one who actually got me started reading comic books. It was Storm that I first, you know, that was the first character for me that I was like, oh my gosh, she looks like me. And then it went from there to like, joke. I joked that my dad was like a comic book dealer because it was like, so we can watch the animated show, but here are all these other stories if you want to keep up when she's not on. And so that to me was kind of the entree. But then after that, you know, like, I think the reason there are so many diverse fans is because of the fact that if you're a superhero, innately, you have something different about you that sets you apart. And that's the thing that makes you special. And so I think for me, I'm multiracial. And so I've always been kind of you know, you kind of fit here, you kind of fit here, you kind of fit here, but then you kind of don't fit anywhere. And so it's always been something for me where it's like, this is my superpower. My watch just said, I know you. <laughs> your watch talks to you, right? It's just, that's like you have the Batman gadgets just like that too. Yeah. That's absolutely right. The superhero kind of story, the dual identity is something that people of color especially deal with, right? Like, you know, we created a series of Asian American superhero anthologies back in the day. And part of the inspiration was like Superman, you know, like, and Gene Yang talks about this when he took her. And I, I kind of grip Gene all the time. Like, you know, he stole that from us, but like he talks about how like Superman is very much like an Asian American character in that he's got this hyphenated name in, you know, in his real life. And he's got to like wear these thick glasses when he's at work, but he's got this kind of like secret inside that he can't tell anyone about. And I think that's that kind of like dual space that we, we have as fans of color that we notice and we pick up on like mask characters, right? Spider-Man, Snake Eyes, we're drawn to them because we can be them under the mask, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we are. Speaking of wearing masks, it's like we've come full circle in 2021. Like everyone's yeah. wearing masks yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, I think that is definitely something with superheroes where it's anybody can be them. That's why I think, you know, Spider-Man is so iconic and anyone could be under that suit. You never know who it is. And I think that it's also something that helps to bring people together in ways where it's like, it could be anybody under there. So how do you know it's not someone that's just like you or totally opposite than you? You know, I think that there is, like you said, kind of that we love it so much that we can pick it apart sometimes. And I try really hard to stay away from that aspect as much as I can, just because I'm like, one, no one creates anything with the hope of it being bad. <laughs> like everyone's putting, I think, everyone's putting their heart and soul into these creative projects. So I always want to support in every way that I can or find the positive in it. And so I think that that's the same with, you know, seeing more diversity out there that it's like every time someone tries something, it's so, it's so hard sometimes because you want to get it perfect and there's no way in anything that you're going to make everyone happy. So I think that just because the fact that we're seeing more and more, that is such a big win that it's like, let's keep trying it. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep broadening it. So it doesn't feel as shocking when, you know, oh, wow, it's the first Black feature film, Black Panther. It's so great. That that's, should just be normal. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a, an incredible movie. And, you know, I think it's one of those things that we're getting closer and closer to that with every single project that comes out, which, again, obviously talking about Master of the Universe, I feel so lucky to get to be, you know, the character that's 
helping to diversify Eternia. (laughs) I mean, there's tons of different kind of like beast man and like. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that's always been the case, right? Like they can be orange and green and purple, but if they're brown, it's all of a sudden, well, that's not realistic, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about Masters real quick, because that was an example. You you know, you talked about the cartoons you used to watch when you were growing up. And I know like Masters was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. And I didn't, you know. I didn't have, uh, there was like Jitsu and I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't need to be Jitsu. I want to be He-Man, you know? Yeah. And that's the the thing again, as a fan of color, but now in 2021 with the reboot, well, not the reboot, I'm sorry, the sequel to the original series, we do have a character that's making her animated debut, right? She's been in the comics, but she's never been in the cartoon. I don't think there's ever been a figure. I know Super 7 and Mattel have done like a ton of figures and that's the one figure they've never done. So maybe there's going to be one in the Massiverse line. Maybe, maybe not. But you're playing Andra, who's a like, even though she's such an obscure character, she's got quite a fan base. People have wanted to see her come to life beyond the comic books for a long time. What was it like to embody that character, first of all? And and when you got the call from, I guess, Kevin or whoever, like, <laughs> what did you what did you think when you were like, I'm going to be, you know, a master of the universe? The... The crazy part about this character to me is that it's, I grew up watching the show. There's, there's a picture of me from first grade where I'm holding a Mermista action figure in my class photo. Like, I loved She-Ra and He-Man. My sister and I would run around and like, our underwear being like, I'm She-Ra, Wonder Woman, Princess of Power, Gem in the Holograms. Like, all, <laughs> they just say all of the names. So when the audition came up, I was so excited because I was like, I don't know who the character is. They had different names, stuff is cryptic sometimes. So I was like, I don't know, is Andra a character that's new? Is this, you know, something that's going to be changed to a different name later? And I, got, I think I auditioned for two different roles. So I just gave it my all for both of them. Because I was like, you know what? I'm so excited about this project. The fact that the breakdowns and the script that we got for the auditions were so strong. And I knew who was involved in the project at that point. I knew Kevin was involved. I knew some of the writers that were involved. And so I was like, this is going to be great. Like if I can, if I can crush this, I'm going to be so excited. So I definitely gave it my all in my, in one of the auditions though, I had the line, I have the power at the end of the line. So of course I'm like, like, how do you say that line and not (laughs) feel cheesy about it or like not do it correctly? So I like pulled my lightsaber off the wall that I fully built at Disneyland and yes, it's red. (laughs) Pulled it off the wall. I did my whole scene and then I was like, I have the power. And then I turned it on. (laughs) And I just left it at the end of my take because I was like, either they're going to listen and be like, she's, she's a geek. (laughs) Um, And that'll be great. Or they'll be like, maybe too much of a geek, but that's who I am. And it's who I always will be. So, but I think it, it like gave me the confidence to say that line. And so, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I didn't know what I was, didn't know where the character was going to go, what her arc was going to be. Or even, I don't think at that point I knew that, you know, she was going to be human or like the person (laughs) who was going to bring diversity into the world a bit more. So yeah, I sent him off. And then I know I kept, I kept checking with my agent. I was like, did did we hear anything? Did we hear anything? Did we hear anything? And they finally called and they were like, so you booked it. And I was like, so excited. (laughs) I text my friends that were on and of course I text Kevin I was like I'm so excited to be a part of this and I literally like we just had to get together because all of us haven't been able to be in the same space because of COVID and I came home and I text everybody and I was like I just keep pinching myself I'm so thankful to get to be a part of this show and you know powerhouse animators came into town and you know Kevin and then everybody over at Mattel and Netflix and all of the voice actors 
and Bear McCreary. I mean, his music is insane for this show. It makes Kevin cry. I saw, I've seen the YouTube videos. <laughs> I told them, I was like, listen, there's, I had got a record player during quarantine. I've gotten really into listening to records. And I was like, I've got, you know, the Lord of the Rings, I've got my Star Wars. There's only a few soundtracks that I'll just play while I'm like in the house. And I was like, there had better be a record for this, for the soundtrack. Because <laughs> I think he just did one for Outlander or for Battlestar. And so it's just, it's like everyone involved from the gate was like, we are giving 110% to this project because everyone was so passionate about the show, had their own connection to it from a young age or from wherever they came into it. And I just feel really lucky that, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I work really hard, but it was kind of right place, right time. And one of my favorite thing, there's lots of favorite things about the show, but <laughs> <laughs> when I booked it, in one of my first sessions, Kevin was like, hey, just so you know, because I've, I've worked with Kevin before we hosted a show right. on ABC and I've gotten to talk with him at other interviews and stuff. But he was like, I just wanted you to know that like Mattel, they picked you. And I said, yeah, her, which as an actor is something that's so it's so important to know that like it's great when you get to work with your friends. But I, I like to consider myself scrappy where I'm like, I work really hard and I'm not going to put something out there that I I'm not proud of or that it's right. half that. And so that just made me feel that much more excited about booking the role where it was like, okay, I know I booked this on my voiceover acting chops and everybody else felt like I was right for the role too. Cause I saw that cast list come out and I was like, well, that, yeah, that's a hell of a voice <laughs> talent list, right? I mean, you got Mark Hamill and yeah. Kevin Conroy for God's sakes, like legends in the, yeah. in the animated voiceover. Yeah. And more than that, I think, you know, the, the geek test that you pass is that you pronounce it power. Cause that's really the, the big, that's how you know you're a Motu geek, right? You don't say I have yeah. power. It's, yeah, I have the power, power. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that was the that's what got you the the part, I'm sure. Yeah, but let, let's talk about Andre because I think one of the things that's really cool about this character because she's never been featured in the series and can be the like audience's gateway into the world of yeah. Eternia, and that's yeah. kind of. What I've read, I've, you know, full disclosure, I've not seen anything. Netflix, where you at? Where's my screener? Um, yeah. What I can gather from the trailers <laughs> and the synopsis is that she's going to be kind of like the audience's avatar in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the cool thing about it, which like just jumping off, the, I have the power line. I, my wife is talking to me too. <laughs> um, we're going to have to sync up our workouts. So <laughs> exactly. We just do the rest of the interview like this. How about that? <laughs> Like we real geeks, <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt lucky because I didn't have to match anybody else's performance or people didn't already have an idea of who mm. Andra was and how she sounded and how she acted. But for Chris, I was like, dude, saying that line, like I, I, he, I think he freaking knocks it out of the park. He does it so well. And he's, he's so well cast for this role that like, it gives me chills because I'm like, to me, it takes so much confidence and trust in the team doing the show to take on a character like that, that that line is so iconic. But yeah, so back to Andra. So yeah, <laughs> she was in the comics and I think she's in like four different frames throughout right. them. So you don't really hear much except that it's Lieutenant Andra. And so when they decided, you know, we want to bring someone else in, they, they were like, okay, how can we, we're going to honor the mythos of Eternia and Masters but what's a character that really doesn't have much of a story or has much more we could build on. And so that was where Andra came in. And so 
I will say this, the title, like Lieutenant Andre may show us some of the journey that she goes on, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I love about her so much is that, you know, she's, she is that audience gateway into it. I kind of, I remember at one session I was talking to Kevin and I was like, she feels like at times like Barry Allen, where it's like Barry Allen, when he meets the other superheroes, he's like, oh, Batman, right. like <laughs> all these characters and he's the Flash. He's like, oh my God, this is so cool. And so she's kind of that way where it's, you know, meeting people in Eternia and experiencing things for the first time. It, it felt really natural because I, as you can tell, I'm really unexcitable. <laughs> <laughs> But your yeah, personalities Kevin, doesn't come through whatsoever in this character, I'm sure. <laughs> but that, that was what was so great is, you know, Kevin, when I came in for the first session, he was like, we talked about who she was and where she was going to go. And, you know, he was just like, she's you. She's you, Tiffany. I was like, okay. So obviously, like, I would like to think of myself as badass as she is. <laughs> and I strive to be more like that every day. But it really is like a lot of her is me, which is so awesome. And I hope that, you know, when people watch it, I, my dream is that there's kids that are watching or even older kids watching because I consider myself a kid always <laughs> watching. And they're like, I'm her or they can see themselves. Well, I was about to say it's full circle to what you said when you were a kid growing up, you were a sister and you would turn on the television and point to the, to the one character that was probably truth be told in the, in the background kind of like, Oh, there's a face that looks like me maybe. And now yeah. there's the same kids today are looking at the show and going, I'm this main character that that yeah. is is centered in the in the series and that's that's what I was talking about like that's the thing that fills me with so much joy in the geek space that like now there's room for us as well that we can we can be at the center of the story and I'm you know the other thing that comes out not that you can't do both but like the other thing that comes out on July 23rd is Snake Eyes and mm-hmm. I'm I've been an advocate for an Asian Snake Eyes my entire life so yeah. like that, you know, I, I I keep I bring it up on every episode of this show, so that's why I'm bringing it up now. So my intention <laughs> is to binge all of Masters and then go to the theater and watch Snake Eyes. Like July 23rd is going to be, you know, Keith is eight years old again, which is that's every day. Let's be real. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good day. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a toy show, and and Masters is one of the most iconic toy brands. Like, has Mattel said, hey? Can you come in and take a look at your action figure yet? Or when I'm saying, when are we getting an Andre action figure? Is is what I'm saying. Um, I don't know when yet, but I I can show you. Oh, hey, let check that out. This is how I've been spending my time lately. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh no! Oh, step down. We're knocking stuff down. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I saw that on Insta that you're building have- the Mega Blocks. It's, it's what I do every night for a couple of hours as far as I've gotten. I have some of the like figures as well, but yeah, I mean, Mattel has been awesome because they know that I'm a geek. And so it's like, what stuff do you want? Do you want to play with stuff? Yes. Um, we had a press day and it was me and Sarah and Chris and Chris had all the action figures behind him. And both of us were like, where are the action? Where are our toys? Right. <laughs> and then immediately, of course, it was like, Sarah texted me, was like, I got some stuff. I was like, I got some stuff too. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's so cool when you're a fan of the projects you work on because then you get to play with cool toys. Like, Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. Like you've taken, you're going to take it to another level. Has, has that sunk in yet? Like, is it no, the wildest thing not. ever? So I have a shelf in my bedroom. i totally into like manifesting and putting out into the world what I want to do and projects I want to work on. And so I have Funkos and figures of all these characters that like, I love aspects of them, or I want to play this character one day. 
it has like Ripley on there because I love Alien and you know Khaleesi and multiple. Are there any Zatanna? Multiple, boss? multiple. I'm like, oh, here's my, this is not my doors. <laughs> um, I love that I'm like two feet away. I'm like, there's twice I can show you. <laughs> well, you're on the perfect show for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so excited to add Andra to that shelf, and it'll be a little bit different because I'm like I like I said, it'll be more the aspect of wanting to be more like her because like i said she's she's a badass but she's an engineer she's a great friend she like finds family and connection really really important and those are all things that i think are i mean i'm not an engineer but i can make you know some mega constructs pretty well (laughs) (laughs) pretty good that's pretty close i mean not everyone can build castle grayskull it's true. So speaking of that, you know, as someone in the geek space, someone who's loved this stuff forever and got your start kind of like hosting and presenting, you've recently in the last several years made that transition from like hosting and talking about like all of these fandoms and projects to actually being part of a lot of these fandoms and projects, doing a lot of voiceover work, of course, doing a lot of on-camera acting. You were, I mean, you're freaking Megan Marco. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> what has that transition been like to go from kind of like, hosting and presenting and talking about interviewing celebrities and becoming one yourself. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a celebrity. (laughs) Well, you're definitely going to be on (laughs) the other side of the microphone when walking around that red carpet. I think the most surreal experience I had with that was I just come back from filming the um, Harry and Meghan movie. This was a couple years ago. And I literally just came back and the next day or two days later was the Shazam premiere. And obviously working with DC for so long and Zach Levi is a friend. And so I was so excited to go and I got to walk the carpet and I was, it was my friends that were interviewing, you know? So it was like, this is awesome. So weird, but also awesome. Cause I get to talk about this acting project that I did. And, and for me, like I said earlier, you know, I, I work really hard cause I don't want to put something out there. That's not, that I'm not proud of. And so for, even for acting, it was like, I was taking classes quietly and not really telling people that I was auditioning and, you know, cause I was like, I want to make sure that when, when I start doing a little bit of both, that it's not like, oh, she just booked blah, 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 because of blah, blah, blah. And I feel really lucky because everyone's journey in this industry is so different. There's no way to say, you know, well, I'm going to be an assistant then I'm going to move to this and then I'm going to move to this. It's like, you just never know where an audition or opportunity is going to come up. And so for me, it's been really cool. And I learned so much from being a host and being able to do set visits and stuff and seeing like huge sets that where it's like, I can visualize. It's easier for me to visualize myself acting on one of those sets because I've experienced it from the other side where it was like, I didn't have as much pressure being an actor. I was there to do a job, which, you know, I was there to do great too. But I think that it's one of those things now where it's like, I get to audition for projects. And then sometimes I'll get a message from a director that's like, I saw your tape and I was so excited. Um, <laughs> the project that I've like done a set visit on or hosted right. a panel for them. And so that's something that I think is really cool. And I, I, it feels good. Like I said, the same thing with booking, you know, Andra, where it was like, of course you want to work with your friends, but I want it to be because I'm the right person for the right. job. And then we're friends on top of it. That's like icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, it, it's too bad that there isn't a Comic-Con or at least not one in the summer as, as there used to be. And I think there's one in like, there's a Thanksgiving Comic-Con this year, which is weird. Yeah. But if there was a Comic-Con, you know, you've done speaking, you've hosted many, many panels, like to be the one sitting at the table where that's what you would have done this summer. And like, you know, and, and right. in a way you kind of are. And that's again, that transition as someone who's also like been at Comic-Con, it's like, to be on stage, but not behind the podium, but on the, on the table. 
that's that's pretty cool so you you yeah. you're living the dream is what i'm saying tiffany yeah. like you're doing what we all wish what we do. <laughs> thank you i feel like literally i sometimes think about you know before i moved to los angeles i was living in new york and I was working, I loved cars, so I worked the car shows for a while. And every time I would come out to LA, this is where I'm originally from, but every time I would come out to the shows, I would always be like, can I meet with the talent coordinators at G4? Can I meet with them? My dream is to work for G4. And the fact that like that actually happened, you know, there was a point where they were like, we can't hire you unless you're living out here. Like there's no permanent job. Do you want to come do the feed? Like maybe that, but there was no guarantee. So I moved out here and I started at G4 and then it was like from G4, then I hosted the premiere for the first Avengers film. And I just remember it was like, it feels like it was just yesterday because I remember them being like, okay, you're just going to kind of do color commentary where it's, you know, you're talking about the energy and the vibe on the carpet. And then the last second they were like, so Kevin Feige decided he doesn't want to announce the cast. So you're going to go up and announce everyone. And I was like, (laughs) are you, I I get to like say Iron Man, like I get to say (laughs) characters and it's like, I, I literally pinch myself and I'm so thankful that like I journal a bunch of stuff because it's like things that have happened where I'm like, how, how, like even the fact that, you know, playing Meghan Markle, I didn't know there was going to be someone who was mixed like I am and you know, that I, it would be kind of my, I jokingly say that I'm like doing that movie was like grad school for acting. Cause mm-hmm. I had a pregnancy belly. There was a dog. I had sex scenes. I had fight scenes. I had crying. I had a wedding. <laughs> like right. there, there was stunts. You got to wear a tiara. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I told my dad, I was like, dad, you should feel good because I got a custom dress and I don't think I need to do that. If, and when I ever get married, so, <laughs> I'm like, did it once, but I just feel like it's, you know, you can like, think about the things you want and really work towards them. And then it's a matter of having the work ethic, I think, and luck of right place, right time, you know, yeah. like jokes aside, literally my mom said to me, she's like, you manifested this in first grade. You were holding that little action figure. <laughs> I'm like, who would have ever thought that I'm like, I can post that now and be like, look, I'm on this show. Right. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's, that's coming, right? July 23rd, we're going to see the side yeah. by side on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of action figures, last question I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you, you've been, you know, collecting toys since you were a kid. You have a freaking Castle Grayskull to your right as we speak. Is there, <laughs> is there one toy or collectible that's out there that you don't have yet? That's like your Holy Grail. Like that's the one thing that, Hey, now I'm, now I'm a freaking master of the universe. Maybe I can put it out in the world and someone will send it to you. <laughs> but like, what's that one Holy Grail piece that you don't have that you got a lightsaber, you've got, you know, Zatanna statues. What's the one thing that that's missing from your shelf right now? I don't have a one ring, Lord of the Rings ring. I do have Elvish tattooed on me, <laughs> but I don't have a one ring. And I would say I'm like, I, for the longest time, really wanted, which I can... I love that. I love when you go off camera and come back with like something awesome in your hand. Um, so <laughs> this is like one of the things I was coveting for a very long time. Oh, it's the first appearance of Zatanna. Nice. And so this was something for me that like, it's on my shelf. I see it every day. And I'm like, one day, one day with, I mean, they're writing the script. Now. I'm saying HBO Max, give, yeah. give my girl a call. What, what are you waiting yeah. for? So I would say the thing I want, I'm like the top hat, the top hat. <laughs> like the, I mean, I know you have the top hat already, but like the I legit. Have like, a bird, like a costume top hat. I want the top hat. From when I wear it on the TV show. Exactly, exactly. We'll start, and, and I'm sure you've already practiced talking backwards. You <laughs> I practice, but I think sleep. it's one of those things where I'm like, 
it's too good. I feel like they are, it's like, I mean, I don't know how they're going to decide to do it when they do it, you know? <laughs> but you've got that skill and you're ready to break it out in the audition is all I'm saying. I did take classes at the Magic Castle, which I cannot recommend highly enough. It was so much fun. Well, Tiff, this has been so fun. I wish we had more time to talk and maybe we can schedule some more in the future. But in the meantime, how can folks, I mean, if anyone who's watching or listening to this right now, they probably already follow you on social media. But in case they do not, how do they find you on social media? On social media, I am at Tiffany underscore Smith. Twitter, Instagram, I'm on there all the time. I'll let you guys know when I'm doing cool, fun stuff or not cool, fun stuff. Sometimes I just get up on things that I stuff. <laughs> And everyone can hear you, maybe not see you, but they can definitely hear you on July 23rd. Well, they can see you because you're hosting an after show for Masters yeah. of the Universe with Kevin, yeah. Tim, the writer, one of the writers on the show. So they will be able to see you on Netflix on July 23rd. So yeah, I can't wait. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Our theme song is recorded by the one and only Jamie Noguchi. You can follow me on Twitter at the real chow, the underscore real underscore chow, and follow the podcast at shelfconnoc. Also, go to hardknockmedia.com to find this and all of the podcasts in the Hardknock family. Subscribe on YouTube.com/slash the Nerds of Color for the video, and Apple Podcasts for the podcast. Give us a rating and review if you do. That'll help people find the podcast. Appreciate all the support, and always remember, shelf conscious is where we come collect. 